Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast. This is kind of an unusual publication for me because I was supposed to publish this last Thursday. This spring has been so busy with a lot of fun things. Last weekend, we went to New Jersey for a family birthday party. This weekend, we were at Penn State for the blue-white game. And guess who won? Penn State. (laughs) Just joking. It's, you know, their scrimmage spring game, and um, it was the blue-white game. So much fun. We got to go out onto the field. But anyway, I felt like because this is springtime, everybody's spring cleaning everything from homes, closets, cars, everything, you name it. It's time to put a fresh start on your belongings, and that includes jewelry. So get out your jewelry boxes. I'm going to help you clean out your jewelry box from tangled chains, broken earrings, misfit orphaned earrings, Let's see, what else? Um, Chains that are broken, chains that are missing clasps, even watches that might just need a watch battery and you can get them up and running. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it will be really helpful. They are tips that a lot of people don't think about and they can save you a lot of money. So what I'm going to be doing is going through four major tips with different jewelry pieces, jewelry items. And then the last tip will be some cleaning tips. So I hope you enjoy it. And actually, I kind of mentioned this before in my description of the podcast. These tips could actually be saving you anywhere from $3,000 to $5,000 easily. So listen in and I'll share how you can do that. How I'll do this is I'll go through different components of jewelry, actually different items of jewelry, and each one kind of has its concerns and issues, starting with rings. And what I'll do is explain to you what some of the most common repair and damage issues are and how you can go about fixing that, what the possible cost is going to be, and what the cost would be to replace the ring and if you instead bought a new one to replace it instead of having it repaired. So these are really smart ways to save on jewelry repairs, um, 
to save on jewelry purchases. So say you want a new piece of jewelry, go dig through your jewelry box. There might be something that you can easily have repaired and wear it like it's new or even gift it. So many pieces are so much more special when they were owned before by someone special. So let's start with rings. Rings are the most worn item as far as the wear and tear that they get. Not only on the backside, which is called the shank of the ring. A lot of people call it the band, but it's the shank, the backside of the ring that goes um, behind your ring, behind your finger. And then the top on the top part, if it's a solitaire type setting, the part that holds the stone is called the head. And then on the head are the prongs. Some people call them claws, but in the States, we call them prongs. So some of the most common issues we see with rings are worn prongs. And if those get pulled back, if they're too thin, and if they're aren't enough prongs that are stable enough holding the stone, you're at risk at losing the stone. And I looked up some average costs for, say, a three-quarter carat diamond, three-quarter carat to a carat, and anywhere from, they cost anywhere from 3000 up to 5000 And that's kind of on a lower range, and that's for an average um, color and clarity grade of G, color SI-ish clarity with excellent cuts. So when you lose a major stone like that in an engagement ring, you're looking at replacing that stone for three to $5,000. That's a big chunk of change. And whether or not your insurance company will replace it, we are attached to the stones that were originally in our ring. So why not get it checked every six months, just like a dentist checkup, go and have your rings and your prongs and your settings all checked to make sure that the prongs are substantial enough, make sure that there aren't any structural wear or, um, a lot of times here's something that happens a lot. Wedding bands that have diamonds in them, the, edges of the diamonds or the girdles on the wedding band will eventually wear into or saw into the metal, making that weak on the prong of the engagement ring. And that that's risks you losing one of those prongs. It weakens it and makes it easier to pull back and break off. So those are really important factors, features of a ring, especially engagement rings, to take a look at and make sure that those are those are nice and secure. The next item in the big mess of abandoned jewelry graveyard in our jewelry boxes, I would say would be chains. A lot of people throw chains away if it's broken. No, 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 please don't do that. Because there are so many things you can do with it if you don't want to wear it as a chain anymore. And I'll go over those in just a couple of minutes. But some common issues that we see with chains are they're broken in the middle or on somewhere along the chain. It's broken because it got tugged or pulled or just by you know weakness, it's been worn a lot and one of the links wore out enough for it to break. That's a pretty easy repair. And for about $20, a jeweler can, can solder that break. 
Clasps are another feature that break or wear out sometimes and anywhere from $20 to $50 and that's kind of an average. Some clasps are bigger and they're going to cost more depending on the metal that they're made from. Um, sterling silver, 14 karat white and yellow gold are the most common types of clasps. The next, oh, I needed to tell you, um, replacing 14 karat white or yellow gold chain, say an 18 inch average um, kind of a pendant type chain, something thin and delicate, I would say averages around $200. So you're saving a big amount of money on soldering or repairing um, re repairing or placing the clasps on a chain. That's a, that's a big savings. Pearl necklaces are the third item of jewelry in line that we see a lot of that people aren't sure whether their grandmother's pearls are real. Most people think that they are and they figure that their grandparents didn't have access to imitation pearls, that everything was real and everything was valuable. That's not so much the case. Imitation pearls have been around for a long time. Pearls can be really tricky to tell if they're real or imitation. My recommendation would be to definitely take them to your jewelry if you're not sure. But two ways you can tell. In general, if the pearls are really perfect and very uniform in shape and color, they may be imitation if they're not, they're really nice pearls and very expensive. But another way to tell is by the clasp. Real pearls culture, and I'm talking about cultured pearls when I talk about pearls versus imitation, but they will usually have a clasp that's either sterling silver or some kind of other precious metal, 14 karat, not usually platinum, but we mostly see sterling silver and yellow gold clasps, either 14 karat or 18 karat yellow gold clasps. Look on the tongue of the clasp for a stamp, whether or not it is a 14 karat or 18 karat. And there's an easy way to tell whether or not those are real gold. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for this interruption during the Jewelry Navigator podcast, but I'm here to offer you some in-flight jewelry information about metal purities, especially gold, sterling silver, and platinum. The purity or fineness of precious metal is measured by the content of the precious metal. I know that sounds obvious, but jewelry, especially gold jewelry, is not made with pure gold. It's too soft for most purposes. While some countries do use pure gold for their jewelry, it's not practical for most wear, especially rings. In the United States, most common measures of purity in gold jewelry are 10, 14, and 18 carat. Carat, spelled with a K, K-A-R-A-T, is a unit of measurement for the fineness of gold with the highest numbers containing more gold and 24 karat being the finest or the highest content of gold. This is a little bit confusing, especially with jewelry terms, because carat, there are two different kinds of carats in jewelry measurement. Carat with a K 
for gold purity, and carat with a C, C-A-R-A-T, which is a measure of weight for gemstones. So carat with a K is the purity measurement, and carat with a C is a gemstone or weight measurement, or a weight measurement for gemstones. When calculated against its purity by parts of gold, 10 carat is 41.7% gold, 14 is 58.3% and 18 carat is 75% gold. So instead of the purity stamp inside of a piece of jewelry marked with a K or a KT, you may see its purity expressed as a percentage. For example, 14 carat, you might see 583 indicating 58.3% purity of gold or the content of of gold in a 14 karat piece is 58.3% and 18 karat is 750. Those are usually European stamps. So something, um, for instance, you'll see a lot of that in on um, gold chains stamped on the clasp or the little end tab, uh, 583 or 750. Um, usually a lot, of, a lot of chains made in Italy are stamped with those designations. The rest of the mixture of gold jewelry is a mixture of other metal alloys, some of which are also precious metals like silver, palladium, and copper. Those are used to strengthen or color the gold. Silver and platinum are different and are not measured by carat weight because they're more pure in their mixture of alloys. Sterling silver usually is stamped 925. There again, a percentage measurement of the sterling silver. And platinum is designated with a stamp, possibly PLAT, or you might see its numeric stamps anywhere from 995 950 or 850, and palladium is 999, 950, or 500. Once again, those are purity designations of how much of that precious metal is contained in that piece. Everything else is a mixture of alloys to strengthen or color the metal. As you spring clean your jewelry box, use these clues stamped on your metal jewelry to tell you what jewelry is best to hang on to and which pieces you could let go of. If you're not sure, take it to a jeweler. It would be horrible to toss out something valuable. Please let us know if we can make your jewelry adventures more comfortable. We're here for your jewelry safety. No, seriously, please reach out if you have any questions. You can reach me at Brenna at jewelrynavigator.com. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the episode. If you don't see one of those metal purity stamps anywhere on the clasp, take it to a jeweler if you're not sure, once again. But if you, another way you can tell is if you see some wear on the especially gold, if you see somewhere and it's wearing down to a silver tone, then that means that then that means that it's a plated, a gold plated clasp, and they're most likely imitation pearls. Another issue people run into with pearl necklaces is that they break. They're strung on silk cord and over time they just get stretched and sometimes with, you know, 
um, moisture or just dryness. They they wear out over time and they really should be restrung every, I would say, two to five years, especially if they're worn a lot. And that's a pretty inexpensive fix. On average, I looked it up, uh, pearl restringing in a jewelry store is anywhere from 75 cents per pearl to two to four dollars an inch. So shop around. Prices are going to be different in different areas of the country, but just shop around for price. And there again, you're looking at saving anywhere from a strand of freshwater pearls. I would say averages from $200 to $400. And then nicer strands of culture pearls will go from anywhere from $1,500 and up, depending on the type of pearl it is. So you're looking at a very significant savings, so you don't have to buy a new strand of pearls. Another cool thing you can do, just on a side note, with your pearl necklaces, change it up and put a new clasp on it, something that's um, really stands out so that you can reverse it and wear the clasp on the front side so that it's almost like, you know, a pearl necklace. Another thing you can do is have a pendant made that's especially made to go over and in between the pearls on a strand. It's called a pearl enhancer pendant. It has a special clasp on it that opens and then secures over the pearl necklace and you have all kinds of options, anywhere from um, just a simple gold embellishment to gemstones and diamonds set in the enhancer pendant. So I'll try to find some examples of those. And a lot of times your jeweler can convert a pendant into an enhancer type of pendant so that you can wear it over pearls. You can also do the same thing if you have a wide chain or a wide necklace like an omega necklace those flat um, gold or sterling silver necklaces you can put the pendant over over that so that's a neat option you can do the last item of jewelry that gets really um, not neglected but orphaned very easily are diamonds and if you lose a pearl or a diamond earring, don't throw it away or don't think that you can't ever wear it again. I mean, sure, you could wear it if you have more than one piercing in each in an ear. You could wear it as, you know, a single earring. That's a solution. But you can have a new one made. Your jeweler can match the diamond or the pearl and make a new one. So it's half the cost of a pair of earrings. So don't think that you have to go out and buy a new pair. That's a really easy fix. And once again, I kind of looked up some average prices and say a half carat total weight diamond stud earrings for, you know, a pretty average quality. A lot of times, um, the diamonds in diamond stud earrings don't have to be as high a quality as a diamond ring or a pendant, something that's going to get more notice. So you can afford to go down in quality with diamonds for your diamond stud earrings, unless you don't want to, that's completely up to you. But on average, a half carat total weight pair of diamond stud earrings, replacement for the whole pair and both 
both hearings would be anywhere from $500 to $900. So you're looking at half the cost. And for a pearl earring, that would be significantly less, typically for a freshwater pearl or a smaller millimeter cultured pearl. I would say you're looking at um, starting at $100, depending on also the post or the setting that it was on. So think about replacing your earring mates so that you have an, you know, a complete set of earrings again, or some other options you can do with orphaned earrings. You don't have to keep them as earrings. You can use the stones to make a pendant. You can also um, convert them to charms as well to wear on a charm bracelet. Another reason why earrings don't get worn or forgotten in jewelry boxes is that we lose the earring backs, and that's another really easy fix. Earring backs are relatively inexpensive depending on what type they are. So um, take your broken and misfit jewelry to your jeweler and sit down with them and figure out how much things are going to cost, and you could walk out of there with brand new jewelry that hardly costs you anything. My final and last tip for cleaning out your jewelry box for spring cleaning is just that, cleaning your jewelry. Did you know that gold jewelry actually tarnishes? We know that sterling silver jewelry tarnishes and it's a horrible black, you know, sometimes a brownish color. It takes a little more effort to get clean once it's that tarnished, but it can be done. And sometimes the jeweler needs to get involved to buff it and and remove that hard to remove tarnish. But gold jewelry does tarnish. It's a chemical reaction with oxygen and it happens over time, but it turns to kind of like a brassy color. We don't really notice it as much because gold is, you know, a gold color, but gold will tarnish and it's easily cleaned with a polishing cloth. You can get that from your jeweler. Some jewelers will give them away for free with their logo on them, or you can buy one relatively inexpensively for around $10. And they have a treated, um, fabric. It's a soft cloth that will remove the tarnish. And that's a great and easy way to clean all of your jewelry that has metal. For things that have stones, you have to kind of be careful with this. Most stones are easily cleaned at home with a gentle detergent. And what most jewelry stores use, and what I've seen mostly in the stores that I've worked in, is either Simple Green Cleaner. It's um, non-toxic and biodegradable um, solvent. It's really good at cutting grease and cleans things really well. And Dawn dishwashing detergent. If you dilute that with some water and use an old toothbrush with either of those solutions, it gets your jewelry really clean. And I'll, I won't be able to do it this week probably, but I will post a video on how to clean your jewelry. And you can't be afraid. You have to really dig into it, but I'll show you, I'll show you how and um, how to do it safely and how to clean it so that it looks like it just came out of the jewelry store after being steamed, but you don't even need a steamer. Pearls, cleaning strands of pearls, you don't want to submerge those into water or liquid. 
I think some people say that you can, you have to just remove them quickly and dry it really well. And I would consult your jeweler and ask them, but most people advise not submerging it into water only because after it, after it dries, it will stretch um, the strand and most strands of pearls, I forgot to mention this um, with restringing, most strands are knotted, meaning that in between each pearl, there's a knot so that if the strand breaks, all the pearls don't go scattering and it conserves the rest of the of the strand. So you may lose only one or two pearls, but the rest of them will remain on the strand. So anyway, back to cleaning, you just want to use a soft cloth. Start with a damp side of the cloth and remove any residue that might be on the pearls. One tip with pearls to keep them clean and from any harm is you never want to put pearls on before your perfume or your hairspray. That can really damage the nacre or the thin coating of the pearlescent coating that the oyster deposited on the pearl that makes it really lustrous and pretty. That that takes that away. It will really damage that coating. So put your perfumes and hairsprays on before you put your pearls on and you should be good. Okay, let's recap and go through our spring cleaning tips and show you how much money you could save by actually spring cleaning and using some really easy maintenance ideas to come out with some new jewelry and save you a lot of money. We talked about rings and how because rings like engagement rings are worn on a daily basis, they get a lot of wear. And if you didn't know, the prong, the part that holds the center stone in, gets a lot of wear and tear. Those need to be checked frequently. I would say every six months. And if it's a ring that you've had for several years, you need to consider having that refurbished and make sure that those prongs are secure. If not, you could risk losing your your diamond, your center stone, and that could cost you anywhere from three to five thousand dollars for a three quarter carat to a carat size stone. And these are just general average costs. The cost for retipping a prong, it varies from location to location, but I would say on average, it's probably about $30 a prong, but call your jeweler, shop around, but go to a jeweler that you know and trust and have them retip your prongs. So instead of a $3,000 repair, it could be anywhere from $30 up to, you know, 120 depending on how many prongs you have. We also talked about how chains get tangled and broken really easily, especially when they're just tossed in your jewelry box in the drawers. Those are relatively easy to fix. I didn't mention earlier, but a jeweler can untangle any knots or um, tangled messes. It might cost you a little bit, but it's worth it to take to them if you can't get them untangled. But a simple solder could be as little as $20 or less to repair a chain rather than replacing, say, an 18-inch, 14-karat gold pendant chain for about $200. So that's a really pretty significant savings. We talked about pearls and how restringing pearls can be an effective way to renew and fix a strand of pearls so that you can wear them again. 
It's difficult to tell natural from imitation pearls. So if you're not sure, take it to your jeweler. And sometimes it is worth it to people to restring a strand of imitation pearls. It's all up to you. If it's something that you wear a lot, then it's fine. It's it's not a costly repair and it would be worth it if it's a strand that you really enjoy and like. Another way to tell whether or not pearls are real or imitation, I mentioned checking the clasp. Go back and listen to the in-flight jewelry information for tips on how to tell what metal purity something, a, a, a component of a piece of jewelry is or what the metal purity is, is of precious metal jewelry. Then we talked about earrings and how it's an easy fix for lost mates orphaned earrings to be matched up again with a brand new match for the earring, especially a diamond stud earring or a pearl stud earring. Those are relatively easy to make and it's half the cost of a new pair. We also talked about how you can replace earring backs and there you there you go. You have a, you have an not a new pair, but you can wear your earrings again. Um, just make sure that the earring backs fit properly and they're not going to fall off and you're going to lose the earring again. And we also talked about converting orphan earrings into other jewelry items like pendants and charms for your charm bracelet. I hope these tips have been really helpful. I really enjoy sharing options to save people money. And here's the grand total of the money that you could save just by the examples that I shared between checking prongs and retipping ones that are worn or thin and soldering breaks and chains or replacing the clasp, restringing pearls and replacing or making a new earring mate. You're looking at a savings between $3,000 and $4,000. So congratulations for taking this spring cleaning jewelry box challenge. And I hope this inspires you to go through your jewelry and clean it up and go get things repaired so that you can wear them all over again. Or present them as a gift. We are coming up on a lot of gift-giving occasions between Mother's Day, graduation, anniversaries. So go through your jewelry box. You might find something to give as a wonderful and special gift. Thanks a lot for joining me today. I really enjoy sharing jewelry tips with you. And next time I'll be back with more stories of jewelry designers and their fabulous jewelry. Until next time, cross-check your sparkle. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.